The Man in the Cannon podcast would like to share our deepest sympathies to the family and friends of Matisse Kivlenix. Kivy was a beloved member of the Columbus Blue Jackets organization, and we here at the MTC pod know he had a very bright future as a goalie in the National Hockey League. More importantly, we know he had a very bright future as a wonderful person in this world. While there are no words to write this unspeakable tragedy, we would like to say that Matisse Kivlenix will always remain in our hearts. From all of us here at the MTC Podcast, thank you, Kivy, and may you rest in peace. We are the Man in the Cannon Podcast, and we are bringing you the CBJ Forecast. You never know what we're talking about, but we're the best fucking podcast around. The CBJ News and Unprofessional Views will certainly satisfy your Blue Jackets podcast fix. Yeah! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Man in the Cannon podcast, season two. We are here in the off-season. I got my boys with me. I got Mr. Locon. What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. Season two, episode two, coming at you from the D-Gen Den. Live tour. Evening, gentlemen. Evening, gentlemen. <laughs> and it's, it's Hooch. And uh, what we got, boys? What do we got? We got a whole bunch of stuff on the slate for tonight. Yes. Uh, lots of stuff. As we're sitting here currently, we're balls deep in the middle of free agency. Uh, it is a Thursday evening, about 622 on a Thursday evening. So we got our Twitter feed open in case uh, any breaking news breaks. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to get it to you hopefully as soon as possible. But... Um, first things first here, well, if I'm a CBJ fan and I'm listening to this podcast, what's the first thing I want to talk about first and foremost? I want to talk about all of the events surrounding the NHL entry draft that we had last week and everything that goes along with that. So, Super exciting. It was. It was a great, great day for, for, for being a Columbus Blue Jacket and for being a, a fan of I think team. it was a great whole week. I think it was just this momentum was just building throughout the week of you know we had those stories pop up about you know uh, different players that didn't want to be here fuck them but fuck them uh, to hell <laughs> but uh it was a great week i mean and then it all just capped off we had two drafts it's awesome yeah yeah, Somebody yeah. leaked all the picks from the first one, but it's right. still yeah, awesome. it was We didn't have to wait until 8 p.m. So I saw cool. a tweet that was something, I think Ron, Ron Francis, is that the name of the GM from Seattle? I forget. But the dude who was breaking all the news about on Twitter about all those picks is Frank Saravalli. And I remember seeing a tweet about how, like, it's cool. Ron Francis is going to uh, tweet to Frank Saravalli's kids all of their Christmas presents when, <laughs> when Christmas comes. So. <laughs> to get him back because he was leaking everything we yeah, knew everything before right, the fucking the expansion draft even happened i i love the whole week as well um in the energy on twitter just from all around the nhl it seemed like we were the talk of the twitter sphere you know yeah it was all eyes on columbus it was even all eyes. it week. seemed like it was all eyes on columbus during the coverage of the draft yeah they had like their main correspondent was that woman, and she was stationed in Columbus. Right. She was at Nationwide, and they kept cutting back to her every you know, every couple minutes to give us some details on some of these picks, and there were people from Columbus in the background. You know, it was awesome. Columbus got some great coverage this past week, and it's a breath of fucking fresh air for once. Like, right. We, as a CBJ fan, we're like, yes, finally. Even had the random Columbus fan 
in the bar yeah, in Seattle. Yeah, dude, <laughs> like, that dude with the old school jacket yeah. jersey on just standing there with his arms yeah, up. Yeah, like we're this. like, oh, all right. Who, who transplanted who you to Seattle? CBJ organization needs to figure out who that guy is and hook him up with some tickets. Something, man. Because he was doing it correctly. Yes. In Seattle. Was it Broom Hat guy? He just seemed like he was just a he could have, it, it was that guy? I don't know. I, I don't think guy. they Who's ever figured The guy Broom- we were standing beside <laughs> oh, at, the game, at game four? Uh, no, it was not. I don't think it was that guy. But that guy he was, was very noticeable. He had a he had a nice big red beard and yes, definitely wasn't that guy. Then I'm surprised they haven't tracked the guy down yet. But he's probably off the grid. Yeah, I don't know that. But <laughs> based they, on they how old that something. jersey was. But anyways, um, before yeah. the draft even starts, man, you know we we get to the coverage and they kick it off. And first things first, they cut it to John Davidson in Columbus. They're like breaking news, and what do we got? Columbus Blue Jackets send Seth Jones to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for Adam Boquist. Um, they swapped their first-round picks, so we picked up Chicago's number 12 overall pick, and we gave them our late first-round pick from, uh, I believe, Tampa. And they also gave us a second-round pick in this this draft, I believe, which we ended up actually flipping for defenseman Jake Bean from Carolina. And... Also, one of their first-round picks for, for next season. So, in return, to summarize, for Seth Jones, we got Adam Boquist, um, basically the number 12 overall pick this year, which we used to select Cole Sillinger, uh, a second-round pick, which we flipped for Jake Bean, and then another first-round pick. So, overall, a fantastic return for Seth Jones, especially for a guy who, one, made it clear that he doesn't want to sign an extension in Columbus, yep. which if you're Yarmo, that lowers – like uh, Jones's worth, yeah, right off absolutely. the bat, absolutely. Trade because value teams, go down. Yes. Trade value drops insanely because teams know that we basically have to trade him, or like we need to trade him, right? But we don't have to trade him to you, right? We don't. That's true. That's true. Which does help make the case, and maybe one of the reasons why we got so much for him for for what we did. But overall, though, it's a great job by Yarmo in getting this return because. I was also reading that the the market was not very hot on Seth Jones. I mean, I don't think a lot of people were interested in paying him the kind of money that yeah, he was kind of wanted. Like nine and a half nine million. Nine and a half, bro. Yeah, like he's yeah. swimming in cash right now. Right. Like he did it. Okay. Like he. Right. Yeah. He fucking did it. It's yeah. fine. Um, Columbus wasn't going to pay him that much money. Absolutely not. And if they were, I was going to have a word with somebody in that front office. Overall, I'm pretty glad we didn't get. Locked on Jones with that kind of a deal. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. Jones is a fantastic player. He's a fantastic NHLer. Quick defenseman who can move the puck. He can skate. He can quarterback a power play. He can shoot. He can pass. He's the whole package. But he was fucking terrible last year. Yeah. Like, overall, I don't care who the coach is. Whether People are, people are like, throwing last year out the books because Tortorella was our coach and all that shit, which is you fine. Mean, you mean the same coach he's had the right. whole time. Right. right. The same yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he was fucking terrible. So I, I don't know. I'm kinda torn on, on Jones. I'm I'm glad we didn't get suckered into paying him that kind of money. Overall, you know, I've been kinda waiting to say this. I'm I'm glad I I'm glad we didn't record a pod as soon as this happened because I was You did I, not want to talk to Mr. I didn't, no, uh-huh. I didn't want to talk about Seth Jones because I would I would have said something that I don't really think is appropriate. But overall I still feel like Seth Jones can go fuck himself a little bit, but at the same time, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm satisfied. That's not with, too far. 
That no, that's not too far. No, he no. he looked at me. Fine. He looked at me as a fan. He looked at our city. Yeah. He looked at you as a fan. Right. And decided that that was not good enough for yeah. him. So anybody who sits, I hate the the argument that people make to me is like, you have to respect all that shit. I'm like, no, that's okay. Not. Like I can I can respect his decision to leave. Yeah. I can understand his reasoning, but I also have. You have to understand my thought process too, and what I'm thinking, and what I'm saying. Right. He didn't want to play here. He deemed it not necessary to be a part of the organization. So as Andy a result, call, Andy called us losers. Yeah, he said we're not going to be able to win a cup in the next like ten years. Right. At least like give that. us the bullshit response. You need a you need a garage. You, need, you know you right. need this. Yeah. But to come out blatantly and just say I don't think we're going to win a cup in in the next nine years. I mean, that's Bye. just like, to well, me, I'm just like, all right, Bye. well, don't let the fucking door hit you where the good Lord splits you, yep. so go fuck yourself. Have fun in Chicago. I'm sure a lot of Canadian players were like, hey, Montreal's not going to win a cup for like the next 10 years, too. Right. And then, boom, they just Look go. what happens. I mean, like. It's hockey, dude. It's so, there's a lot of parody in this league. You get hot. The Blues were the worst happen. team in hockey halfway right. through the season two years ago. Right. The worst team in hockey. That's my thing is like I feel like that answer is just bull. You know, it's bullshit. It, it is. It's just it's bullshit. It's just an excuse to Cop to out. say that he doesn't want to play in Columbus. So same old song and dance. Yeah. Good riddance. Could have been a grown up about it, but wasn't. Go fuck yourself. Have fun in Chicago. Having passing the puck to Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, Alex DeBrinket. It's going to be yeah. Oh whatever. Anyway, let's talk about the return that we got for this guy because yeah, because it is exciting. Um. And if you didn't see, earlier today, I believe I tweeted out um, some highlights of Adam Boquist. Every single point that he's had in the NHL. Um, And it's been put together by this account that specializes now recently in putting together CBJ highlights, which is fantastic. If you don't follow this account, you've got to. It's at Speckman's CBJ. I I, I don't know how to say it, but it's S-P-E-C. M-E-N-C-E-C-B-J. This dude's got a fantastic account. He puts together highlights of all of these guys. Check it out. Check out my retweet. It's got all of the points that Adam Boquist has had in the NHL so far. This dude's good, okay? It's a great return. He's a great young defenseman, a former number eight overall pick by Chicago. So, like, you know, like, the people think highly of this guy. 20-year-old guy. He's a right-handed shot. And check out his highlights. I sat here. I sat here today and watched all these highlights of him he's got a fucking shot dude and he's he seems like an offensive style uh minded type of a defenseman he can get the puck through he's got a good one-timer too they showed we i remember this goal now that i saw the highlights when uh, columbus was playing chicago corpus was in net and one of the games uh they throw the puck over to boquist in the short left corner and he fucking snaps a one-timer and beats corpus over his right shoulder with a fucking laser and at the time i'm sure i was probably like fuck right but now Pissed. i'm like all right that's a hell of a shot this yeah. guy's got a hell of a shot um so an excellent return a high valued guy what a return and that's just part of this deal you know honestly i feel like he can be just as good as seth jones at least offensively so hell of a hell of a return for boquist i'm excited to watch him play this year he's gonna be he's gonna be in our top at least four pairings yeah, if not I, our top two, players. I definitely did not expect to be as happy with a Seth Jones deal as I was when those details came out. That's right. for sure. I mean, I was excited for Chicago, but I was really hoping, obviously, it was going to be to bring it. But 
Right. When we kept hearing a bunch of news about Chicago, like all week, right? How they were really interested. So you're thinking to bring it, maybe Kirby Dak, um, which is really what we what we kind of need. Yeah. But we'll take kind of a re- an excellent replacement defenseman. Um, you got to think that a young center like DeBrinkett is is kind of off off, off limits. Limit. Yeah. Chicago's not going to trade him. I would have loved them to do so. Because right. that was that was what I was hoping, and I even said that with look. I, I saw the trade, and I was like, <gasps> and then it was like to Chicago, and, like, and then it was like, <laughs> yeah, and then it was like for you know. I mean, I th- I think guys. that that obviously but, shows his worth in Chicago is that they're willing to give up the picks that they gave up instead of him as a player, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're if you're a, a casual that's a pretty fan, va- that's a know, pretty valuable guy. A casual CBJ fan or a casual NHL fan, you probably don't know who Adam Boquist is, right? But he's let looking me just at, tell you. Looking at the perspective, the prospect of him, it was a lot better when I was when I said that. I was like, man, I looked at it and I was like, ah, damn it. And then I was like, oh, it's a it's a former high prospect coming into the NHL, and he's got a great shot. And mm-hmm. like, absolutely. I I mean, you can't ask for much more. I mean, at least we didn't get because some. because that's only the first thing here, right? Yeah. For this return, next we got we flipped Could've our been Duncan Keith. Could have been. Thank God it wasn't. Thank God. What did they do with Keith? Oh, they traded him to Edmonton. Yes. What the fuck is Edmonton doing? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Edmonton should be relieved. They probably, of their... they probably threw him out there, and hopefully Yarmo was like, uh, no. Edmonton gave, oh, they traded Caleb Jones for him. That's right. I couldn't, that's right. Jesus Christ. I hope Connor McDavid gets the fuck out of Edmonton at some point in his career. Come straight yeah. to Columbus. <laughs> yep. Come to Columbus, Come to Columbus baby. Connor, if you're listening, and we know you are because yep. we know you're a fan of the pod. Right. Get your ass to Columbus where we know we can appreciate you, and we'll surround you with some with some excellent players. Jesus. can't believe There's that. There's already it, some it, excellent players that you can play around. Like, very I mean, sick. Very, listen, too. I've said it before, just like when I want to bring anybody else to Columbus. We bring them into town. We take them right down on campus. Show them the chicks. Show them the chicks. <laughs> take them to Penn's. Take them to Penn's. And that's it. Take them to our bar. Take them to 16-bit. Yeah. Get some Dirty Frank's hot dogs. That's right. You, you can sign anybody if you take them on exactly. a trip exactly. like that. They're just not. Yarmo, I know you're listening as well. They're, we've got the itinerary for these guys that right. we want to bring in. You want to sign up free agents? Give them MTC Pot a call. We'll tell you what oh, to do. We'll take them on the town, baby. They got the number 12 pick, so they flipped. We got Chicago's first-round pick in exchange for our late first-round pick from, I believe, Tampa Bay. And we picked Cole Sillinger, a centerman, uh, six-foot, 200-pound centerman, um, who is the son of a former Blue Jacket, also a uh, Sillinger. I think his name was Mike Sillinger. I can't remember exactly. But he was originally born in Columbus, um, but – Played in the WHL, so the Western Hockey League, in 2019 and 20, and had 22 goals, 31 assists at 53 points. An excellent year. And then last year he played in the uh, USHL for the Sioux Falls. Uh, I forget their name. Some 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 team in Minnesota, I believe. 31 games played, 24 goals, 22 assists. Kids 18 years old. This is a great center prospect. This is exactly what we need too. We need centered. We need center picks. Yep. Right. We don't have a number one center, a true like you know stud number one center right now. If you look down the middle of the ice for us right now, you got Roslovic, you got Domi, uh, Stenland, maybe Jenner. You know, um, 
Corrali now that we've signed Corrali, but we'll get there eventually. But we need some we need some centers. So yeah. Yarmo with our first two picks here in the draft. At the number 12 pick, we get Cole Sillinger. An excellent, excellent pickup. I'm really excited to watch him play. I thought it was going to be Euclid. Is that right? Eklund, or Eklund. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. I was pretty excited that he kind of fell to us. And then I saw the <coughs> Sillinger pick, and I was like, ah, Yarmo's going off the grid again. And then I looked at it, and I was like, no, this Cole guy, he's he seems like a really good prospect. Like, Yeah, yeah he's going to be good, hope, you know, hopefully. And we need guys in the tank at that, like you said, down the middle. We just need these guys that – play center because we're just one thing i think we need more almost more than anything is size because when you get to the playoffs you can have all the skill that you want but you look at tampa bay right look at look at victor hedman yeah just fucking look at him he's huge yeah right he's fucking massive they had uh pat maroon right pat maroon's a i might as well go out there and fucking play hockey right like yeah don't get me i'm just kidding he's good but he doesn't have any business like actually being on a fucking NHL Stanley Cup team. He's not like that good. He's just fucking huge. You need size. You need power. You need strength yep. as well as skill if you're going to win in the in the NHL playoffs. You, you watch the, us play the, the Boston series after we swept Tampa. We just get out, man. We get yep. the size that we didn't have the size to compete with. Them. Otherwise. We might be winning the Stanley Cup that year. I'll say it till the day I die. I've said it. Yeah, a if times. we had a couple that's, more big boys on there, yeah, dude, that's why Zdeno Chara has played 800 years in the yeah. NHL is because he He's is just massive. Big. Hey, can you still skate? All right, cool. You can still play hockey then. Can you can you pass a little bit? Can you shoot? Can you, can you fucking hit people? We'll 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 play you. Yeah. We also get a second round pick in that deal, which we immediately I, be, I believe it was kind of it kind of looked like a three way deal at first, uh, but I believe it was more of just like we acquired the second round pick from Chicago. And we immediately flipped it uh, to Carolina for defenseman Jake Bean. And again, if you're a casual fan of the NHL or a casual CBJ fan, you probably don't know who Jake Bean is, so we're going to tell you. Again, another former uh, high prospect pick. Number 13 overall pick, uh, I believe in 2017. So he's been kind of in the works and in the pipeline of Carolina for a little while. Hasn't really got his shot. Um, Carolina's good. Carolina's good as fuck. Yeah. And they've had good defensemen too. So. Yeah. Uh, understandably so, but he's he's going to get his shot right away here in Columbus. Coming in, uh, former number 13 overall pick, like I said. And in the AHL, uh, two years ago, he won AHL best defenseman. He had the most points of any defenseman in the AHL that year. First team all-star. That's a a great. And a power play killer. Yeah. What you were saying, like you sent me some highlights on him. Uh, dude dude knows how to float around the ice and, and put a shot on the net for sure. Excellent, excellent return. And then to top it all off, the icing on the cake, we get Chicago's first-round pick for next year. So we're rolling into next year already with two first-round picks. Um, next year's going to be a good draft from yeah. what I've heard. Yeah. It's going to be one of them years where it just seems like every couple years we get just this like four there's like four, some dudes that yeah, can change your franchise immediately they're not sitting on your you know right your backup team whatever they call them in the nhl your your ahl squad something like that. ahl yeah so overall to start the day of the draft pretty do you good think do you Jones. think do you think cylinder is going to be a guy that's fighting for a spot actually on the columbus blue jackets this year no i i don't particularly and it's just because of who we already have and his age, 
and he's the young. league he's played in. Yeah, you got to let these guys. You got to give these guys some time to to develop in, um, you know, an a in the AHL at least because it's faster. Faster. The 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 talent is is much much more than you're going to find in like this. Cole, Cole Sillinger played in the USHL. You know, it's kind of like a step below the AHL. It's just a uh, it's a good hockey league. Don't get me wrong, but you got to give these guys some time to adjust to playing with fucking men. So. Yep. I think it'll give him some time to develop, uh, maybe a couple of years, and then we'll see what he has. Um, I think it's great. So, overall, great return for Seth Jones. Seth Jones, have fun in Chicago, man. Whatever. Then we get into the first round of the draft, right? We see the picks. Owen Power goes number one overall, of course. Everybody expects that. Uh, Seattle picks uh, Beignets or Beignets or whatever that kid's name is from Michigan, who's also a fucking stud. And then you get to the number five pick, which Columbus has, and we snag Kent Johnson, center from Michigan. Um, and you read, you start reading some of the things about this kid, and at least some of his initial puck skills reminds me initially of Sonny Milano. Um, he's referred to, I even read an article from um, uh, First Ohio Battery, I believe, who quoted somebody saying that Kent Johnson's been referred to as a puck magician. So... Incredibly skilled with the puck, and he's a playmaker. These Both of these guys, Cole Sillinger and Kent Johnson, are both Canadian kids, okay? So, listen, I have nothing against Yarmo picking his, you know, European players, um, but he, he's picked a lot of them over the years, and we don't have a lot of these young Canadian kids that are – Winning championships. The foundation of, of winning, the NHL. Winning championships together as a country. Right. Like, Where hockey is literally everything in the fucking world. It's like the NFL. That, yeah, it is. Absolutely. 100%. It's football. It's American football, it's, hockey. It's, and we don't have Canadians. That's a problem. It is. That's And that's why I'm glad to see him pick two of them in the first round. Top 12 pick, we get two young Canadian kids. I think it's great. Some kids who understand, you know, that hockey is life. That's to them anyway. That's what they're going to be doing. They have no other interest probably except for playing hockey and being a successful professional in the National Hockey League. And imagine, I'm all about that. Imagine Ohio State not getting anybody from Florida or Texas ever. Right. How good would our team yeah, be? We wouldn't concept. have Zeke Elliott's. We wouldn't That's have, part of it. You gotta recruit from the right areas, man. Yeah, and we wouldn't have, have JC Barrett's. We wouldn't have we wouldn't have yeah. championships, basically. Yep. Yeah, no championships. Yeah, but uh yeah, I mean, we, we do need to, I mean, especially when you're drafting that high and those guys are there, like, yeah, take them. They yeah. end up panning out pretty well in the NHL. They end up still being good at hockey. Yes. So, let's see. Uh, Kent Johnson, Michigan, plays going to play at Michigan again this year. So, it gives us a, a chance to watch him. Uh, quite honestly, if you're a fan of NCAA hockey, uh, you're going to get the chance to watch him this year. It's going to be Probably an excellent year for Michigan. I've, I've got to think they're the front runners for winning the national championship. They're going to have a fucking stacked team with three of their guys going in the f- top five. Um, but yeah, and they of, and they had another one go in the right after that in the top ten still. So like, I mean, they're they're just that's true. absolutely loaded. Yeah, yeah they're loaded. Here's they my stat. Loaded. My favorite stat on Kent Johnson is in when he was in British. Colum- so he's from Br- British Columbia. And he's playing in BC. the British BC. Yeah, they give me that BC bud. The, BC. the BCHL, British Columbia Hockey League. Fifty-two games played. 
41 goals, 60 assists for 101 points in 52 games. That's fucking crazy. Skill. That's, yeah, that's a... Uh, now, don't ooh. get me wrong. He's obviously good, and he's probably playing against a bunch of people who are vastly inferior to him. Right. He's probably out there. It look, probably looks like he's LeBron out there. LeBron had a, a pickup game. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Stuff. But still. He's going he's gonna to run it. You're eventually playing in high leagues like that. You're eventually going to run into some guys that are in, at the at least yeah. the same type of 50, skill level. 41 goals, 60 assists, man. Come on. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Right? That's a hell of a year. Now, that was two years ago, which is fun, which is great. But then so you last can't year, control your competition. You can only control what you can do against that competition. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's always been recruiting in any aspect, I think, of anything. If that person can produce, it doesn't matter necessarily who it's against. They they can only they they don't get to choose who they play against. Right. All they can choose to do is it's, produce. Yeah, is how good they are and how better they train. Like I look at that stat and I, I mean, you're exactly right. I look at it and I'm like, he knows how to score. Yep. It's in there somewhere. Like yep. it's in there, and we just need to figure out a way to coach that up and get that out of him in the NHL. So last year in the in uh, uh, NCAA at Michigan, 26 games played, nine goals, 18 assists, so 27 points. So that's still a point per game. That's that's great. Um, on an excellent team playing against in the playing in the Big Ten and right. hockey, those, those are NCAA hockey's on the fucking rise. Those yeah. kids are good. Um, and you know, the Big Ten is good. Yeah, you're playing against Wisconsin. You're playing against Notre Dame, Minnesota, Minnesota. You know, you're playing against some quality fucking people yeah. in this league. So, Ken Johnson, a great pick. And if you watch uh, again, I tweeted out the some highlights on Ken Johnson. Check out the Twitter feed at Main and the Cannon. Um, Ken Johnson's fucking silky smooth with the puck, dude. He's uh, he's also got a really good backhand. Uh, there's a goal, there's a highlight of him taking the puck basically in the zone from the red line, swifty doing through everybody, and he's a left-handed shot and he's on the right side, and he pulls one up backhand, flips it right past the goalie's shoulder, top shelf on the right side of the net. Fantastic shot, fantastic goal, uh, an excellent backhand, which is which is exciting because like I think about the Blue Jackets. And I can't remember the last time I like who has a good backhand on the team. Who shoots the puck backhand? Nobody even. I shoots was going to say who's, yeah. who has actually shot the puck backhanded. I mean, the goalies in the NHL are so fucking good. Like they're probably going to stop it, but still, you never know. Like, yeah, throw the puck at the yeah, net. Throw it out there. This guy's got an excellent. Can't score backhand. if you don't shoot. Exactly. You always miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Michael Scott. Michael Scott. All right. Exactly. <laughs> so okay. Those were uh, that's the the number five pick, Ken Johnson. I'm really looking forward to him. Again, I think a guy who they're going to let develop, but maybe for a year or two, he's going to be in the well, NHL he's going, soon. He's going to the NCAA, so he's obviously right. out the first year, and yeah. I don't blame any of those guys for going back to college, especially, and being especially, 18, 19 years old, and yeah. like go win an NCAA championship, have like, fun no. with your friends, go to college. Fuck yeah! Oh my god, that shit's awesome. Fucking do that all day, yeah. especially when you're playing on that team. Yes. They're going to have a hell of a team. That would be fun. Yes. Can't blame him one bit. No, I would love to go just, hey, one last hoorah, and then we can all go play in the NHL, and then, you know, like, who gives a shit, right? You know? We should go watch him. We should catch Michigan somewhere. We can catch them when they come to Columbus. Uh, Right, yeah, we'll catch them when they come to Columbus. That was actually the first hockey game I ever went to was an Ohio State hockey game. Really? Word for show. It was awesome. I mean, it'll be it'll suck to watch the shit kicked out of us, but it's hockey, so you never know. Yeah, that's true. They could lose. But... We will let you guys know when we're going to that goddamn hockey game. Yeah, we'll be on there. On the Man in the yeah. Cannon podcast. So you got to keep listening. Pod. We'll be there. 
so that maybe you can meet up with us. Yeah, we'll be live. The famous come and get people podcasters from <laughs> get the a couple dozen Canada. beers with us that night. Absolutely. Continuing in the first round, because don't forget, people, we had three first round picks at number twenty five overall. We select Corson Kuhlman's defenseman from Wisconsin, six uh, two, two hundred pounds. And some of the lists that I was reading. Um, and again, I think a lot of this info comes from an article that I read from the first Ohio battery. So shout out. Thank you guys for that article. It was very helpful. I, I believe I tweeted it. Check out their feed. Check out that article. But it had Corson Kuhlman's listed as like as high as the number five defenseman in the draft. So in a draft loaded with defensemen, Absolutely. the number one pick was a defenseman, right? Like, and I think the, the number. Oh no, they went on a. They thought the number. Um, who was that other defense? God, I can't even. I don't have a list pulled up in front. You don't of me, have his first name. Uh, no, your first name basis. Was, all these guys. I was reading. You are in the first names with everybody that plays hockey. <laughs> I was reading an article, and the way they had it prospected, the first three picks were supposed to be kind of like defensemen, but they could the the second two could have went anywhere with like yeah. a bunch of different forwards and stuff. But this this draft just seemed loaded from looking at that list of just defensemen. Big guys, guys that can score. Well, you know, I think you're right because our next like four picks were defensemen. So we obviously saw something in a lot of these guys and a lot of their defensive abilities. Um, Corson Kuhlman's. Have have you heard the story about how this dude was named? No, and now I need to hear it. How his dad like came up with his name? Apparently, his dad like worked in hockey or something. Was a coach? I don't remember, but he was sitting at a bar one night and. Somebody in the NHL with the last name of Corson. I can't remember. So, which makes this story really fucking terrible. Sorry. But his dad gets like hammered drunk with this NHL player whose last name is Corson or something like that. And so his dad gets home and he's talking to his wife and he's like hammered drunk. He's like, We're naming our son Corson. And that's how that fucking came to play. So now this kid's. And uh, she listened. She listened. Uh, Jackets traded their second round pick again, so we picked up uh, Jake Bean. So their third round pick at number sixty nine. Nice, nice. Uh, Stanislav Svozil, another defenseman. And then one of the things I I did read about this also is the guy who runs the Elite Prospects podcast, uh, JD Burke. Quote: One of the steals of the draft, just absolute larceny. So I have no idea who this kid. Like I don't know Stanislav Svozil. Apparently he's a young kid, eighteen years old. He's playing in the Czech League, but he's already played there for two years, which is a professional league. So he's he was a 16-year-old kid playing professional hockey. Woo! So he's he's probably he reminds me of probably somebody who's like, you know, one of these European guys who's like super fucking serious about hockey. He's like, I play hockey. That's what I want to do. That's all I want to do. That kind of thing, and it, that excites me a lot. So that's literally all I know about Stanislav Spozel. Um Loves playing hockey. Hopefully, he's good. He plays for Columbus. Other than that, the rest of the way down, you, you look at these guys, who knows if they're ever going to crack the lineup. These late kinds of picks in the NHL draft never really kind of pan out. Uh, we got Richard, another defenseman, who's going to play at Providence this year at number 101, 132. And if they are good, they don't end up being good for several years. They stay in developmental leagues, and then, boom, they just kind of just pop out of nowhere, and you're like, wow, this guy's actually really good. We found a diamond in the rough. Right. The, one, the only other one that excites me is at pick 132, we have uh, Nikolai Makarov, another defenseman, uh, and simply because he's 6'4", 235 pounds. A big-ass motherfucker. Give so, me all those guys in Columbus. Right? Absolutely. Bamps. I Defend need, we need, Columbus. We need some Bamps. Yeah. 
We don't need all the Banffs. We just need some Banffs. Apparently, he's like not very good like skating, and he's not like the best puck handler. Oh no! But his si- apparently his size like makes up for that. It makes, makes- I I want us to have so many big bad dudes that like violent gentlemen hockey club yes. can't ignore and has to start running lines of Columbus, Columbus apparel. Gear? I know because it you. pisses me off. I'm I- ready. Give me all the big boys. What I believe more than anything is, dude. If this guy's gonna come in and play NHL hockey, he's just gonna get a. He's gonna be a better skater because guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna play hockey a lot more well, than you're what you skate your fucking ass off in camp and practice. They'll they'll teach you how to skate. One hundred percent. Yeah, those skills can be taught. I do feel like though, like six four that that weight that can't be taught. Right. That is not something that we don't have people stretchers. That's why Owen Power was such a fucking high prospect because he is that big. And he can skate and pass and shoot. Kids fucking lights out. Hey, yeah, the rest of these guys, who knows? James Malatesta, center right wing. He's really short. I've read, like, think about Cam Atkinson uh, when you see this guy. Ben Boyd, a centerman at 165, uh, number overall pick. Number 197, we picked up a left wing in Martin Rice Savvy. So who knows the rest of these guys? But overall, the general consensus around the league from everything that I've seen written by everybody and all of the fans and all of CBJ Twitter, it seems like the Jackets had an excellent day at the, at the NHL draft. With the return they got for Jones, picking up Cole Sillinger, Ken Johnson, and Corson Kuhlemans in the first round, picking up Adam Boquist and Jake Bean from the Seth Jones trade, picking up a first-round pick for next year from Chicago. Overall, a hell of a day for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep, I loved it. Also, a couple days after the draft, next up on our list here on the slate on this uh, episode of the Man in the Cannon podcast, big news, uh, you know, big, big news in in CBJ land. Word comes that um, we've traded a beloved Columbus Blue Jacket, Cam Atkinson, to the Philadelphia Flyers straight up in exchange for really another beloved Columbus, former Columbus Blue Jacket, Jake Voracek. And... A lot of people were upset about this, okay? Um, you know, a lot of people have a lot of really strong feelings about Cam Atkinson and him being a, you know, a Mr. Blue Jacket and a diehard Columbus guy, which is rightfully so, and I can understand. Uh, and, and I would like to sit here at, at the MTC pod and, and thank Cam Atkinson for everything he's done. You know, he's, he's been a fantastic Blue Jacket. He's, for a long time, he's scored a lot of goals. He's been an all-star He's helped us sweep Tampa Bay for the first sweep in series in Blue Jackets history. Um, he's, but that was the last good thing he did. That was by far. Well, on the, on the ice. On the ice. He's also done a lot of things off the ice. He started the battery camp in uh, Plain City, I believe is where it's located, where he does a lot of work with uh, you know youth hockey, and, and you, he's trying to develop the game of hockey in Central Ohio, which is great. And I... I'm so proud of – I'm proud to say that Cam Atkinson was a Blue Jacket. Um, but at the same time, I think this trade is fantastic. We couldn't keep going. There, there gets to be a certain point where what we're, what we're paying you and what you're giving us in return for that type of money, especially in a year where the cap is just strung so tight. We can't we, let the emotions hang us up. We are absolutely on cap. Cam Atkinson was a goal scorer, okay? If he's not scoring goals, 
you got to move. You got to do something. And to me, it's been quite apparent since that Boston series, especially in that Boston series after we swept Tampa. He had absolutely no business being on the ice. He was the smallest guy out there. Couldn't score any goals. Couldn't do anything along the boards. I mean, when the puck goes to the corner and Cam Atkinson's going to get it, I'm like, they're like, what's he doing? What's he going to do? Yeah. He's not going to come out of there Stay with the back, puck. Cam. Overall, we trade him straight up for Jake Voracek, okay? And this reminds me a lot of the back when the Jackets traded R.J. Umberger straight up for Scott Hartnell from Philadelphia, same exact team. And look how that turned out for the Jackets. Arguably one of the better trades that Yarmo Kekalainen's ever made, for this organization anyway, where we trade away a guy and we get somebody who flourishes, just absolutely helps our team do exactly what we need him to do. And hopefully Jake Voracek is able to do that. Listen, 18-19 season, 41 goals. Oh, yeah, that was Cam Atkinson, sorry. Voracek, 18-19 season, 20 goals, 46 assists. 19-20 season, 12 goals, 44 assists. 2021 season, 9 goals, 34 assists. This guy's an assist guy, first and foremost. He's a playmaker. He's going to distribute the puck, and that's exactly what we fucking need for Patrick Laine, in my opinion. And I think he's going to fit in well even on our top line. Whether Wherever Patrick Laine is, whether that ends up being our first line or maybe he falls down in some minutes a cup throughout the season a little bit and plays on our second line on the left side, you place Voracek on the right side, somebody who can give him the puck, and you let Patrick Laine just fucking shoot the fucking puck. I'm excited to watch that because I think it could be Laine, Roslovic, Voracek on our top line. And that just... That could be oh, cool, dude. Roslovic, dude, we all watched Roslovic last season, and there were these little spurts of, of shit where you're just like, what the, f- is this kid like a superstar? Remember that goalie head where he fucking, I think it was against Carolina, he drove it, picked it up, and kicked it back over to his skate and fucking goes in. What a goal. Sexy as hell. I, I still think about that, and it makes me think and remember that this kid can be really good, okay? Like, that's that's why I think he can be uh, one of our top centers. Does he need to get a little bit bigger and a little bit more experience? Yes. But you throw Jake Voracek on the right side of that line with Patrick Laine, and who knows what happens, man. Maybe we end up finding some magic there. I think it opens up a lot for the middle, which is where, you know, Rosalvik with his puck handling skills. And his speed. And his speed, you know, it allows him to do a whole lot more. You know, when he's stuck over there with Cam Atkinson, who's also small, and, you know, our biggest guy is Patrick Laine out there who just – is trying to shoot the puck, mm-hmm. and he gets smothered because he gives a fuck about everybody else. And the D shades that way a little bit. Right. If Laine's on the left side, the D's definitely going to shade that way because they know that Atkinson's shot has not been of top-notch quality the past couple of years. So now we get Voracek, a guy who, who ha- when he has the puck, can do something with it. He can give it to somebody. He can score goals. He's, he's shown evidence of scoring goals. He's a 20-plus goal scorer for a lot of seasons. But his main skill is distributing the puck. And when you throw him with a goal scorer like Patrick Laine, that really excites me. And I think he's going to fit in really well here in Columbus. He's already said he's really excited to come back to Columbus because we drafted him. He played with Columbus for three years before we traded him to Philadelphia for Jeff Carter, which was a fucking terrible disaster. Uh, We all kind of know how that went. But he's back. He's really excited to get going. He's 6'2", 214 pounds, like, that's just that's an upgrade from Cam Atkinson. I'm sorry, but like it just is, right? Like when you look at hockey players, 
You want to have guys who are big, if you can. Um, don't get me wrong. There's room for small guys in the NHL, but there's this league come playoff time is about skill and size, and Voracek's going to provide that. So I'm really excited to watch him on the right side, whether he's on the top. Uh, he's going to be in the top six, I would imagine. So uh, really excited, hoping he can throw line A the puck. Excuse me. More than once. Uh, yeah. Sounds like several times he'll throw him the puck. And then to wrap it up, our last segment of the day. Well, one of the last segments we have. Uh, we're right in the mix of NHL free agency, right? Uh, as we sit here, we should probably be checking Twitter just to kind of see if anything crazy has happened because apparently Stamkos is on the block. So I haven't gotten any wild notifications as far as the NHL goes, let alone the CBJ. Um, been getting a lot of baseball updates, though. Boo. Nothing Boo. so far. Boo. Boo that man. <laughs> Big news. I mean, it was. it's not huge news across the NHL, but it was. it's kind of cool to see that the Jackets did end up signing a free agent, Sean Corrali, from Boston to a four-year contract. Corrali is a guy from Dublin. Um, so, you know, he grew up in the AAA uh, organiz- uh, Blue Jackets organization, um, a, a Central Ohio guy, really excited to be back playing for his home team. 6'2", 213 pounds. Uh, let's look at some of his stats. 18-19 season, 8 goals, 13 assists. 19-20 uh, season, 6 goals, 17 assists. 2021 season, 4 goals, 5 assists. So not a great year last year. He's definitely probably uh, going to fit in in our bottom six. But he's a centerman. Um, and you look at his face-off percentage. This is, this is where I think he's going to help us the most especially face-offs in our own zone. If we can get him out there to take the draw in our own zone. Uh, three years ago, he had a percentage of 53.8%. Last year, his face-off percentage, 57.4%, which is fucking fantastic. Like, that's really, that's fantastic. So, um, Corrali, a, a Columbus guy coming back to play for his home team. He was really excited, and he stated that publicly, which is just a fucking nice breath of fresh air as a Jackets fan for yeah. once. like trying to find somebody to fucking come here and play, which is just nice. So kudos to Corrali, kudos for, for Yarmo for, for figuring that out. We're looking forward to having him in Columbus and to wear it, watching him put on a CBJ sweater. Uh, what else are we doing for agency? We, we've extended Boone Jenner. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm happy. I like it. I love, love Boone. You got to love Boone. He yep. plays hard. He's great. He's not like a huge uh, offensive threat. He's not like a super-duper goal scorer. I mean, I think he did have 31 season. But he has his role and he plays it very well. Yes. Absolutely. And he also loves Columbus. He's come out and said it a couple of times. And we don't have anybody to play that role that he that's does. True. He's our guy that's going to go out there and fucking hit somebody and bang around. And he's also very versatile. You know, he can play the wing. I think he's an original winger. Uh, but we can throw him in the middle and he can take faceoffs. I would imagine he might start the year playing in the middle with Domi out uh, via injury. So. Boone Jenner, congratulations. We're glad to have you, man. Um, I'm really excited to, to watch him play. I was at uh, the Jackets when I when I was at Forno one time. The Jackets were out west playing in Arizona. This was like four years ago. I can't remember exactly when. But Jackets were out west. They were playing at Arizona, and I went to Forno to eat dinner because it was a late game because it was out west. I sat down at the bar, started watching the game. Somebody sits down beside me. Jenner was injured that during that time, I remember. And I didn't really think anything of it. I didn't really look. But I started to eat my meal or whatever. And then I turned to my left to notice who was sitting beside me. And it was fucking Boone Jenner. <laughs> so 
I'm sure he remembers that as well as I right, do. Right, naturally. So he's, he's obviously a fan of the pod, so. Yeah. Jenner, we're glad to have you. Welcome back to Columbus. Hopefully you can help us have a much more meaningful season than we did last year. Patrick Line accepted his qualifying offer. That's not really any news. We all kind of expected that to happen. With the way the rules play out in the NHL, you don't really see too many players offer sheeted, and it actually goes through. The last offer sheet I think the NHL had was with Sebastian Ajo, where Montreal offered him. He ended up signing, but then Carolina just matches it. So these restricted free agents, What I, one thing I do love about the NHL is how much power a team has over their restricted free agents. And Line A's kind of in that situation right now where he kind of either has to sign the deal that Columbus offers him or he can go get try to get an offer sheet, but then Columbus always has the opportunity to match it. So Line A's probably going to be here, uh, at least for the, this this next year. He's going to be a restricted free agent again at the end of that deal, but we'll, they've mutually decided to talk about contract extension after the beginning of the season. We're just going to kind of let it play out and see what happens. Could be beneficial for both the club and for the player. And I like and I like his words that he said. You know, he, he did mention, you know, last year was tough, but he's like, it's the past. I'm looking forward yeah. to here on out, you know. He's kind of just like, hey, we got a new slate. I got I was signed my contract. You're going to pay me some money. You know, a lot of money, actually. Seven and a half million. It's a lot of money. So, uh, yeah, I mean, because we've seen people aren't willing to get. I mean, Braden Point got re-signed. Big money. Big money. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> it just I'm gets, hoping they trade Stamkos. I mean, that's I don't know how they're gonna stay under the cap. They're gonna try to figure out some other fucking. And way Stamkos to, didn't really have the best season last year, you know, so he's uh, getting old. He's he's starting to get a little injury prone too. Right. Um, one thing though that you mentioned, you, you mentioned about some of the things that Lion A said, and I agree, you're you're 100 right. But he also mentioned a little bit like after the season, he started to say he's like. Yeah, I don't. I kind of didn't really understand why they were trying to use me the way that they were, and like trying to make turn him into that power forward style of player. And so I do. I hope anyway that a lot of his struggles last year had to do with, you know, the coaching staff, John Tortorella, the way they were using him. At least that's what I'm hoping because you look at a lot of the highlights of Patrick Laine when he played in Winnipeg and you watch him shoot the puck and you're just like, God damn, I need that. I need much more of that. So hopefully we see much more of that with Patrick Laine this year. I'm really excited to watch him play. And I think a lot of that is just built off of build the line for him. Yes. Build that line for him. Yes. Like he is. Surround him with the players that can give him the puck so he can just do what he wants. You know, he can go where he can use his his own hockey instincts to try to find the open spot. He knows where he can shoot the puck well. You've Throw always got this old school thought that pisses me off and it, it finds its way even it doesn't re, it doesn't matter. But like people think that the coaches are like just this above reproach, like just this level that you as a player aren't that important, regardless of who you are at all and that you should just do what the coach asks you and if you can't do it then you're not good right but there comes a level of skill and Aaron Rodgers said it in his presser he was like listen man I I get that 32 QBs aren't able to make decisions for their team 
I'm one of the three, two, one best. I should get a say in it. And I have been for 10 years. Patrick Line has been a phenomenal goal scorer for the last, since he walked into the league at like 19 years old. You know, he has just put up goals, been an offensive talent. It is wise of you as a coach to not try to change that and turn him into something that maybe he could, he's big enough and strong enough and, you know, you can put some weight on him and change his style of play and he could be your power forward. Mm-hmm. But why? Right. Well, I think, I don't think it's out of the question to hold him a little responsible for like trying to hold on to the puck a little bit more and, and make some more plays. But don't make that like they did last year, dude. That was it. That was all they tried to do was try to turn him into a 200-foot player. Which, I mean, a, a little bit of that is, is fine. But that's not who Patrick Line is, like you said. Play to his strengths. This dude is a goal scorer. That's almost it. It's no secret that he's not really that good of a defender. He's not really interested in doing a lot of other things. What do we need in the Columbus Blue Jackets organization? What have we been praying for the last, like, three years? Somebody to score goals. Somebody to shoot the fucking puck into the back of the net. And that's what he can do. Let him do it, right? Give him some free reign. Let him play the way he wants to. I'm really hoping that that's what Brad Larson has in mind for, for Patrick Laine on the first line. And I'm really excited to and kind of ju- watch that go. And I, I'm excited as well because not all coaches that come f- from the lineage of another coach mean that they're going to do the same thing. You know, a lot of them kind of look at it and say, I can do it way worse than him. Which, you know, like the Belichick tree, like all those coaches like just try to do worse. They're like, hey, I'm just going to be Bill Belichick times like five. I'm just going to I'm just gonna fucking yeah. suck. But, you know, a lot of coaches look at their past coaches and they're like, how would I do this differently? How could I have won games with this roster? You know, what if I had this Patrick Line? You know, what would I have done differently? And I think that's a big thing from last year because whatever we did last year didn't work right. at all whatsoever so if you have a, uh, an idea in mind on how to change that i don't think there's really a downfall unless you do the same thing absolutely and i think larson realizes that and he's learned a lot from being on that team the past couple of years under tortorella i feel like he understands some things in what not to do right He's going to understand a little bit better about, and he might have had some. He might have some great ideas about how to make this team better based upon some of the things he saw John Tortorella doing. So, could be great. I mean, you look at this roster, and you can't be like, this team sucks. Right. I mean, they they may not be. They may not. We win didn't say that Cup. last year. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. I mean, but like, without Patrick Laine. Right. You, you look at this roster, and I'm not, like, jumping up and down. I don't think we're going to win the Stanley Cup, but I think we're better than New Jersey. I think we're better than the Rangers. I think we're better than Philadelphia. Um, even Philadelphia has been going all in here recently the past couple of days, but I don't know. I don't think they're that good. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be an interesting year for the Jackets. It could, I can't wait. I think they're going to find themselves in the mix at the end of the season, at least playing somewhat meaningful hockey, trying to get yeah. into a wild card spot, and that's all I can hope for. And I'm really excited. I think that's where they're. I think that's where they're going. So, what else are we doing? Free agency. Free agency. So, let's talk a little bit more broad here, real quick. So, 
I got a good I got a good list of guys that kind of are available. Do you think any of these guys are on a radar? You know, uh, Chara's on there. Kretschy? Is that right? David Kretschy? Yeah. Um, we got uh, Parisi. We got Corey Perry. Brandon Sad. Corey, Corey Perry just signed with Tampa Bay. Oh, okay. Brandon Saad just signed with St. Louis. Oh, shit. Today. Joe Thornton, old as hell. Oof. Old, old Jort, Joe Thornton. He's a, he's a free agent? Yeah. The only thing that Joe Thornton would bring would be like veteran experience, right? And, and in a rebuilding and team, where'd right you put now, him on like the third? third but no, we third don't line, need that. I mean, line. I'm not, I'm not talking really him, but like, do you see any of those guys even be uh, Kyle Palmieri? No, I don't see that any of that happening right now, just because of where the jet, where the message they're sending. I don't even, in, I don't yeah. even know this guy is Casey Zakikis. Zakikis. Zakikis from the Islanders. He's a free agent. Yes. No, I, I don't think so. Unrestricted. Right now. These are all unrestricted guys. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as free agency, what I've been kind of reading is I think Yarmo's more interested in trying to lock down a right-handed defenseman. And I think that's where, if we're going to make any more moves, that's going to be the one area that we're going to be looking to do it. Kind of trying to lock down another right-handed defenseman before the season starts. And gotcha. we're going to start the season with a lot of cap room. And I was thinking about this uh, because I believe John Butchigross um, tweeted it today how Alex Barkov is going to be an unrestricted free agent next season, which would be – I think about Alex Barkov and I think about what In the your dreams need, and it's fucking perfect. A big fucking – well, anybody anybody would want Alex Barkov. He's, he's like Pierre-Luc Dubois if he was like but good. But if he's good. Right, exactly. He's like a good PLD. <laughs> That's exactly right. Anybody would want him, and I especially think that's true in Columbus. They're setting themselves up for some nice cap space. Maybe they go after a nice big free agent like Alex Barkov next season. Keep themselves under the cap. Maybe they expect to have a shitty season this year, and then we get another really high draft pick. Who knows? Um, Free agency, it's probably not over. I don't see the Jackets making any more huge splashes, though. Alex Texier accepts his qualifying offer. Yeah, okay, again, another restricted free agent, not much there. Eric Robinson, we extend for two years. Uh, Gavin Bayreuther, we sign. What the fuck is, was, yeah. is up with this? Seattle selects him from us in the expansion draft, leaves him unsigned. Columbus ends up signing him to a deal. Now, the only thing I can – there are only, only two situations I can think of that make sense of this happening. Otherwise, like if I'm a Seattle fan, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you picking somebody? Why aren't you picking somebody else from Columbus? Like, that's my thought process, if I'm a Seattle fan. The only thing I can think of is maybe their GM floated Yarmo a favor under the table of some kind. Like, man, I'm really – like, your situation's been rough, dude. All You got all your players leaving, you know. Yeah. One of your backup goalies just died in a horrible, uh, tragic accident. We you were know, probably going to select We were him. probably going to pick. You know, maybe they, maybe Yarmo or they call each other up and they're like, "Man, can you just cut us a break?" And maybe we float them a favor in the future. You know, I don't know. I'm not a fucking GM. I don't know how it works. That's the only thing I can think of. The other thing is like, maybe Seattle looked at our team and the available players, and they didn't have any interest in signing Max Domi or Kevin Stenland or 
uh, Andrew Peak because or Dean Kukin, who I can't remember who it was, but you know because they don't want to have to sign him, and they're using their cap space to try to go after more bigger free agents. So that's the only; those are the only two things I can think of. Otherwise, like it just was weird, and I don't understand how it happened. But we get some other big news here. Um, Nick Foligno signs with the Boston Bruins. And the first thing I saw on Twitter about it was just a big picture of Nick Foligno in a Boston Bruins jersey. And, like, literally vommed in my mouth as soon as I, I saw it. Oh, it makes me want to spit. I get it. Don't get me wrong. Tour not a spitter. He's more of a swallower. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, we're throwing sh- Throwing shade Thanks, on the pod Eric. like that. Yeah. Only 15 years of friendship. Well, dude, he set no, me no. up. I was actually set you up I was rolled back in my chair, too, just relaxing. Not even like, near the mic. And he's I, like, I got to get, gotta get this my, one in. Yeah. I snapped my back, like, just reaching for that one. <laughs> I thought he was going to run through the microphone to get, to get there for that one. That's an A-plus joke. Uh, Appreciate it. Going back to my lounging state. <laughs> Listening Felino. to Mr. Locon just pour his heart out about Nick Foligno. Listen, let's Boston let's have jersey. a second here, man, because this is for real, right? This is uh this is our captain not coming back to the team. He's uh he's chosen to go play in Boston. And look, I I'm one hundred percent I'm okay with it. Don't get me wrong. Like did, did he have an offer from Columbus? I don't know. Uh there's been reports that Maybe there was like maybe a, a mild offer, but I don't think Columbus was really serious about trying to make it happen, like officially. Felino wants to go try to win a cup. So Boston's a contender. He's gonna get a shot. His daughter has a heart defect. Right? She was born with like some kind of um heart heart defect. And she had surgery at Boston Children's general hospital okay which is One like the best yeah, well, yeah i think it is actually like probably the, the best, best in the country yeah the best children's hospital in the nation right so i think that was like one of the biggest things for him and his family is trying to keep her close to that hospital so she can have the care that she needs if you couldn't be in columbus that right. was because nationwide's also an, another excellent children's hospital oh, right yeah. but boston's apparently has the best children's hospital in the, in the country so there's, there are some other things that kind of go into Nick Foligno signing with Boston. And I just want to take a second again. We had an episode about this earlier, but uh, Felino released a statement today, I believe, that he just poured his heart out to the city of Columbus in the fifth line and everybody in the Columbus Blue Jackets organization. And he's stated how he plans to come back, you know, after he retires. And I just – I'm really excited for Nick Felino, and I wanted to thank him for, for everything he's he's done so. Well done, Nick Felino. Uh, I'm gonna have this drink of beer right for you. Cheers. We're raising Cheers. Our beer. Cheers. Cheers. Nothing but good vibes towards the Nick Felino family. Yep. And their oh, family. When he comes back to Nationwide, place is gonna go nuts. Oh, it's gonna go crazy. Standing for him. ovation. Oh, I can't probably wait. a ten minute standing ovation. At like, least. It's gonna be. Yeah. They're not going to be able to drop the puck. And if you like, boo him, I'm going to fight you. I will fight him. anyone near me that boos that man. I will, I will fight you, too. I don't. Yeah. I can't see that happening. I'll get thrown out of Nationwide. Yep. We'll man by man me. in the Cannon podcast is actually undefeated in fights, too. So, like, if you get all <laughs> you three that. of us, like, we are undefeated. Bring it on. David Savard signs with Montreal. Look, David Savard grew up in Quebec. He's probably a lifelong Montreal fan. He's getting to play for his hometown team. Good for him, man. He's going to get the chance to Good luck, Dave probably Savard. play on another another solid squad next year and, and have another run at a, at a Stanley Cup, so good for him. Cheers. He ended up winning one this year. 
You got to love what David, the past couple years David Savard's been having, dude. Wins the Stanley Cup, then he signs with his hometown squad, gets to go try to win at Montreal. Congratulations. So when you look at this roster, I tweeted this out today, and I want to start thinking about how this roster is starting to look, right? Because it is – it's do-a-line season, right? We are, we're all doing lines here. We're tweeting our lines. Seeing we're doing what we lines. Are. We're doing lines here in the – Getting MPC jacked pod. up on lines. Jacked we're up so on jacked up lines. on these lines. And I got some good feedback on some of these preliminary line pairings that I put together today, and I want to talk about it real quick. Thank you guys so, for reaching out. Thank you absolutely. guys for interacting. For Dude, today. it's awesome. Let's get into Twitter's it. Twitter's been blowing up. Our, yeah. our Twitter feed's been fucking insane. And we appreciate that. And keep it coming. We don't... Yeah, it's it's not beyond us. Absolutely. We love interactions. Let's do this. Line A, Roslovic, Voracek. Okay? First line. It's not um, set in stone. It's not 100% absolute. But I think it's a. it makes the most sense, at least initially. You got line A on the left. I mean, you got to play this kid on the left, obviously. Roslovic in the middle. You could argue throwing Domi up in the middle there at the beginning or in, in the first line, but he's also going to be injured to begin the season, so that's not an option. And then Voracek on the right side. And the other argument you could make for who else to put on the right side here, I think, is Oliver Bjorkstrand. But the reason I didn't put him up here is because then you would have line A, Roslovic, Bjorkstrand. And you would have two goal scorers on either side of Roslovic, which may be a good thing, but I feel like putting facilitators more in place for Patrick Line on the top line makes more sense. And that's what Jake Voracek you've seen, does. You've seen good player teams, maybe not good coach teams like Edmonton do the same thing. Like Leon and and you know Connor McDavid split them up. They split them up a right. lot all the time. You know when the power play hits, you know they're they're all in the same line. Let's get it. But you know a lot of times on the lines, you know Leon plays on the second line. Right. Have two goal scores. You know, give yourself a second chance. The second second yeah. option on the on the second line. And that and that's my question to you is, I feel like that is set in stone. Like, what are our other options? Bjorkstrand not really another option. I don't think at all. Because of that aspect, and I think Brad's a smart enough guy. I only refer to guys on first name basis because <laughs> I talk to them. We know, we know. So uh, <laughs> you got to think that he knows that he needs goal scorers. He needs to split up his goal scorers, not necessarily all the time, but especially you know, uh, we need facilitators in there. Yes, you need. You got to have a guy like Voracek who can give Line A the puck. Yes, who can pass the puck. That puts Bjorkstrand down on the second line on the right side. Domi maybe in the middle. And then here's where it gets interesting, left wing on the second line. I've got Robinson in here. Um, and the argument, the other argument I think you can make is Texier. Uh, there's, there's obviously other options, but that's some of the biggest feedback I got today. And Texier the, is a facilitator for yes. the most part. So he could, he could be giving Bjorkstrand the puck. So, But. But. The reason I have Robinson up here is because I feel like he had such a he had a he exceeded our expectations from last year. He was very evident. He was the fastest guy on the ice all of the time. He was aggressive last year. His game is starting to come around. I want to see what he can do with more time and put him on the ice with some other guys better who players are known to make plays. Guys like Max Domi and Oliver Bjorkstrand. So that's my argument for placing Robinson up here on the second line. Now, the argument is, but he's a bottom six guy. Put Texier up there. I can see that. 
And it could easily be Alex Texier up here. It's just that I could see Alex Texier, Texier had such a bad year last year. Yes, that is true. And it's and it's hard putting those guys up there, but like what if it's Max Domi finding his way to the third line and Texier moving up into the center position because you've talked about it a lot about, you know, you've been fixi- fixated on Texier being a center. And I don't think it's the wrong direction for him. They're, they've obviously want to make him a center. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying we've got other guys now. I don't feel like we have to force Texier into becoming a center. He's not a true centerman. You know, he's, he's a winger who we're trying to make a centerman. So, but listen, if you want to throw Texier in the middle of a line like this with like Robinson and Bjorkstrand, or even Jenner. That leaves that leaves Jenner out, like on the outside. That would right? put him in like the third or fourth pairing, or third right. or fourth line, which isn't a horrible thing. Again, listen. So ultimately, it's it's the decision of do you want to put Robinson or do you want to put Texier kind of up on the second line, right? And for me, right now, kind of the way I'm thinking about it is let's let Robinson. Let's give this kid a shot. Throw him in there. See what he can do. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe if it doesn't work out, it takes him, it takes a, it takes a lot of heat. On the other side, because Bjorkstrand is just a—he's he's just a, he's a goal scorer. He's a shooter. He's, he's a goal sh- starter. He's shot. Yep. And you know, uh, teams gotta—they gotta shy to Eric's side. I mean, like yep. he's just so fast. He is. And those breakaways are just gonna go in eventually. That's he's just, like statistically, like reading his stats, like those those just have to start going in. They they have to. Like he's an NHL guy. Like he's not gonna continue to just continue to miss the net completely like that he's had his chances we got it we got to have the faith that those statistics are going to pull pull through for him so but the other argument you have is throwing gus nyquist up here on the second line which also could kind of make sense to me so it could be something like nyquist domi bjorkstrand which would be really cool too like that's and that's not completely out of the question the reason i have this third line the way it is is so i have third line jenner Corrali, Nyquist. I want to put Jenner. I want to let Jenner flourish on the wing because that's where he—he's a natural winger. Corrali's a great faceoff guy. Keep him on either the third or fourth line centerman, and then put Gus Nyquist on the right. That's a veteran, half like two thirds defensive, strong line with Gus Nyquist. You know, an offensive guy. I think that line just sounds sexual to me. It gives me a fucking raging hard on thinking about. Jenner, Corrali, Nyquist. Now, again, you could argue throwing Nyquist up higher, but just that third line just sounds sounds awesome to me. And then, so then that leaves Texier, Stenland, Bemstrom, maybe, uh, you know, and then there's other guys that you could think about here. Gregory Hoffman um, trying to crack the lineup. Liam Foody, where's he, where's he uh, going to fit in? Maybe he cracks the lineup on this fourth line in place of Stenland. Uh, maybe Igor Chinikov comes in and, and starts firing up in camp and they throw him in the lineup instead of Bemstrom or instead of Stenland. And let's talk about him last year's draft pick, right? Number uh, first round draft pick from last year's draft. Right. Was, I believe, the player of the year in the KHL. Yes. Out, he was on the team. They won the Gagarin Cup. So this kid's this kid's good. He's coming in. This is going to be his first year of North American professional hockey. So that's why I think they're going to um, let him maybe develop a little bit in the AHL and see what he can at least just do. Maybe let him tear up our minor league system a little bit. 
before they throw him into the NHL. I'm glad you brought him up because I was going to. What? This guy. I was just going to bring this guy up. Yo, you got you to think about it. Absolutely. Because who knows? Maybe and maybe not. Maybe he comes to camp and fucking wows everybody. And he starts. He cracks the lineup day one, which could easily happen. You just never know, especially the way that we got a new coach. You don't know how he values these guys. You don't know where he where he's thinking about putting these guys. So Chinakov could be. Hoffman could be. Um, you know, Liam Foody. A lot of these guys in this fourth parent or the fourth lines, who knows where it's going to place out. But that's my general. That was a lot of the feedback and some of the some of the placements that I did today. And I, I really I really think that um, a lot of ev- everybody had a lot of really good points. And we just kind of summarized all of those. All right. Defensive pairings. We got Wierenski, Boquist. I think, I think, or it's Wierenski, Gavrikov. Either one sounds great to me. I think it should be Wierenski, Boquist. Those guys are both excellent, offensively skilled defensemen. Gavrikov, Kukin sounds like a nice second pairing to me. And then Bean and Peak. Where does Gabriel Carlson fit in this year? Does he crack the lineup? Does he finally make the squad? Maybe. I, I could see him getting some big minutes uh, in place on this third pairing, um, who knows, man? I, I'm really rooting for him because he's a former one of our first round picks, and you really got to hope this kid cracks the lineup eventually at some point. I I, I do think this is going to be a big year for him, and I think he finds his way into that second or third pairing as the season goes on. Who's big, who's our Michael Delzada this year? Uh, I think it's going to be Boquist, like low key, like no, we don't really know a lot about him. He's not exactly the same. He's not a veteran. He's not coming in like on a low right. deal or anything. Yep. But I do think he's going to wow a lot of us with his play, which is exactly what Michael Delzato did for a lo- us last year. MBZ was, was a good player last year. He, he was, was solid. solid. He was one of he was one of the only defensemen like we could rely on to like try to score. Try to score and not a lot of goals getting scored on that line. He was very serviceable. Yeah. Thank you, Michael Delzato, for for your time. Thank here you for in your service. I think We're he going- signed a. I think he signed a two-year deal for like for like two and a half million dollars in Ottawa. So he came hey, on on a cheers. professional tryout. Cheers, Michael Delzato. Thank cheers. you. Cheers. Thank you, Thank Delzato. You. He came in on a professional tryout. Was just trying to crack an NHL squad. Uh, we gave him a year at like league minimum, and now he's he got himself a nice little chunk of cash. So good for him. We wish good you for the him. best. And he's old. You just got to realize, Blue Jackets fans, because I know you're you're mad because. Uh, Mr. Locon tweeting out the uh, man in the cannon podcast. You know, he's just like, you guys, you're putting him on a pedestal. Everybody loved Michael Delzato. Like, don't get me wrong. We get it. We get it. But he's he's old. Easily replaceable. He's easily replaceable. And he's old. He he really was. What Mm -hmm. was he? Like 36 years old? I don't know if he's that old, but he's 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 a veteran. Yeah. He's he. We didn't want to sign him for the money. We're a rebuilding team. Not interested in signing. Old people. We've got too Andrew Peak. We've got Dean Kukin. We've got Jake Bean. We've got Gabriel Carlson. We don't really need Michael Delzato. We don't need to pay him. We've got these other guys. Right. It's just my thoughts. For sure. And to wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen, the last thing we got here, just some quick schedule highlights for you. Some let's get upcoming, excited. Let's get fucking fired up for this season. Oh, I baby. can't wait. Home opener, 10-14 versus Arizona. That's a Thursday night, ladies and gents. And that's the first game of the season, too. I always love it. When the first game of the season is at home, because sometimes they're on the road, and that just kind of takes some of the. That's why I like being a Reds fan. First game of the season, always, always at home. home. Yep, that's true. Opening day. Um, all right, we got at Vegas on Saturday, November the twentieth. You gotta love when we're at Vegas on, on a, Saturday. a Saturday. Plan your trips accordingly, people. 
Put in your week's note or your, your time off request now at work. Let's all take a trip to Vegas. Get fucked up. Go watch the Jackets play in Vegas. It's going to be fucking awesome. It's a dangerous you time might, if you, you catch might. the MTC boys in Vegas. You won't see me because I will be fresh off a of baby. Hey, yeah, he'll have I'll that be, fresh uh, newborn. Yeah. But, uh, Can't be taking Tor the newborn. and I might be taking a trip to Vegas here in the next couple weeks. It might happen. PLD returns to Columbus November the 24th. Cannot wait to boo the fuck oh, out of him. Oh, boo. I'm booing the fuck out of him. I'm going to boo actually so say, loud. I'm actually saving all my boos yes. for him. Me too. Me too. And then my next booze go to Seth Jones when he returns to Columbus on January 11th. Then we get back to then we can start focusing on celebrating when Nick Felino comes back on March the 5th. We got to I'm really hoping the Jackets do something really really fucking cool for him. Yes. Got to be it's got to be more than like, we need we need a Felino favorite for the yeah. for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, like Papa John should throw out a special that weekend. That's a great Jets idea. Jets pizza, but or Jets uh, pizza. That's what uh, I mean. yeah. Jets pizza and does then, their own Felino favorite. And let's fucking eat the shit out of the <laughs> Felino favorites. Yeah, let's eat some Jets pizza that weekend. Give them some business. Thanks for supporting our our hockey team. And then Cam Atkinson comes back uh, April seventh, so towards the end of the season. And I, I was looking as I was building this show sheet. I realized. Don't, don't boo him either. No, we're not booing Cam. We're not booing Nick. We're not booing Cam. We're booing Seth, and we're booing PLD. 100%. And we, we won't boo David Savard either. We're going to cheer for him. Uh, but I realized this as I was. It wasn't his choice. He never said that he hated Columbus, so we love him. Yeah, absolutely. As I was drafting this show sheet, I was looking at Cam when Cam's going to come back, and I realized that we only play Philadelphia three times this year, and they're in our division which usually we play the teams in our division five times. So that's what made me – It was. it's just kind of weird. But they had to make room it's for Seattle. It's weird having an even amount of teams this year. It is. So that's where they cut the those two games. We're only playing Philly three times. But that's all we got, boys. That's all we got, boys and girls. What a great What a great time to be alive. We are just in the cusp of real sports. I mean, we got baseball right there. now. We yeah. got the Olympics right now. I'd much rather watch the Olympics. Like I watched some badminton. That's badass. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been kicking on some uh, some uh, Olympics. Handball. Handball. I know. Handball. Dude, I don't. Why don't care. we play handball more in the United States? I was watching women's rugby last night. You want to talk Whoa, about that? Shit. Oh my, dude! I don't think that the people that play water polo should actually exist. They're, like that's uh, insane. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. They're always floating. Yeah. <laughs> How do they do that? Yeah. It's like the English back in the day said, okay, so we have polo. What if we did it in the swimming pool? Forget the horses. <laughs> Forget the horses. Horses are expensive. Yeah. What and if we all just people, got in a pool? A lot of people are getting and killed. The same too. thing. Unbelievable. Love the Olympics. Looking so forward the, to the so, fall, though. So aliens play water yeah, polo. Right. We're, I mean, we're seven days out from the Hall of Fame game in football, which means Football's the coming back. BFF Degenerates podcast is coming back, Which means, which means it's almost time to drop the puck. Yes. It is almost time to drop the puck. And we are going to play and talk way more about NHL DraftKings this year. We promise you guys... We're going to talk about it. We're going to get into contests. Yep. A lot more contests. A lot more, a lot more fantasy. A lot more fantasy hockey content as far as DraftKings related this season of the MTC podcast. I yes. feel like that's where we don't have a lot of podcasts around that devote some time to that. So we can really kind of get Delve into, into and the get scoring you guys some content. And, yeah. We're going to teach you how to win some money. Yeah. And that's what we all want to do. And how to have fun doing here. it. That's and right. have fun. That's right. You, you win money by having fun. You don't have to play a lot of money. You just... 
you know, put out a dime here, you know, play order there. You, a know. Lot, you know, a lot of contests are just free. You know, Jose Cuervo will sponsor one. Yeah. You could put a free one. Yeah, in. Wrangler. One of our buddies, Chad, actually just plays straight free contests to build his dollar amount up. Yeah, to build a bankroll. He, and he actually does get to play some money contest. Like, right. It's crazy. If he, if he would actually just put those contests, his and, lineups that he's playing in free ones, in like Small field, like three dollar twenty entry max, like nine hundred total player contests. Like he'd be rolling he, in cash. He would be rolling in some cash. <laughs> like, but he ain't got three bucks in the DK bankroll, <laughs> so he's playing the Jose Cuervo sponsored. <laughs> but like, but seriously, it's it it is for everybody. Like, I don't want to let you like we don't spend hundreds of dollars on this thing. Yeah. Like it's literally just for fun. Like it's just fun because you know what you do? You put a lineup in and guess what you do right after you, you put watch out hockey. You, you watch, watch that game yep. and you look for their numbers, you yep. look for their names, you're you're rooting for them to play good and it yeah. just it you, makes it so yeah. good. You yeah. find yourself watching a random West Tuesday. Coast game on a Tuesday at 11:30 at night. <laughs> And the NHL is going to be on ESPN this year, folks. So oh. should be a, should be covered a lot, a lot more. more. Yeah, should, a lot more. We should coverage. get access to a lot more games. Well, that would be a nice thing. It's through the week coverage, right? That's, you that's know, like that's yeah. going to be huge. Well, the big thing with ESPN is honestly, you know, most of us are streamers, and I bet a lot of Absolutely. you guys that listen yep. to this probably are streamers too. ESPN has literally usually about six things that you can watch live at a time. So. Hockey games hoping are for like three games a night. Like yeah, choose right. From? At least like, that's yeah. what I'm hoping Especially for. Especially like, playing DK, that might be a little much. But like, if they're covering, it's like, realistic they, on the streaming service. Right. It that's really exciting. is. It's exciting. It's, it's going to give you the opportunity exciting. to watch a lot more hockey, which I'm all about. So NBC was NBC was good, but like you just couldn't watch multiple games. There's only the game that was on, and right. it's just like, damn it, I don't want to watch this game. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. Thanks for checking out the MTC Pod Season 2, Episode 2. We'll be coming back at you. We're going to start picking up again here as the preseason kicks off. Yep. We're going to be right back. Closer with we get to preseason, then we'll be rolling back into week-by-week week episodes. Make sure you follow us at... At Man in the Cannon on Twitter. Absolutely. Please interact with us because we just love the feedback. And we love you guys listening, and we will check you out when more stuff is going on in hockey. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Check in next time. Bye. Bye. Say it.